You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. Great to be with you as we are each and every day from 3 to 5. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And I want to tell you and invite you to our event that's coming up on March 12th. It's called Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. And this special Jewish-Christian dialogue will be uh, featuring our own Dennis Prager, along with Pastor Alan Jackson, who you hear every single day on this station. It's going to be moderated by Pastor Dudley Rutherford because it's at his church at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch, California. It's happening on Tuesday, March 12th. Uh, So that's coming up here pretty quick. There is a special VIP reception starts at 5.30 and the doors open for general admission tickets at 6.45. The program begins at 7 o'clock Tuesday night, March 12th. Get your tickets now at kkla.com and you want to do that before they sell out because they will. This is an important conversation to have, especially in light of everything going on in the world today. With me now is Pastor Alan Jackson, who is one of our presenters at this event. You can hear him right here on 99.5 KKLA every day at 1.30 and on FM 106.1 and AM 1210 KPRZ in San Diego daily every every day at noon. He, uh, Pastor Alan Jackson is the senior pastor at World Outreach Church, and he is with us today. You can learn more at alanjackson.com for Alan Jackson Ministries. Pastor Alan Jackson, welcome. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be with you. Great to have you here, and uh, we're looking forward to actually having you right here in L.A. here in just a few weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to visiting Southern California again. Yeah, well, hopefully the uh, weather will clear out, and, you know, we're kind of grumpy about 50 degrees in rain uh, that we've been having here. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I think it opens up people to new spiritual uh, opportunities. They start to confess sins. It's a whole Southern California thing when it rains too much here. Hey, whatever leads us to repentance is a good thing. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know, you wrote a book. We've had you on the show talking about your book before, and your book is called Big Trouble Ahead. You wrote that in 2022, and here we are a few months later. It seems like there's already more big trouble in the world today than there was even when your book came out. Yeah, funny how that works. No, I really felt like COVID in 2020 was the beginning of a season, and I don't think we're complete with that yet. I think there really is more disruptions in front of us. Mm. All the powers and voices that brought that confusion in 2020, I think they're still in play in 2024. You know, I had the feeling during all of that that it was as if God put his finger on the fast forward button of where history is ultimately going in in Christ, that everything is just moving so fast all of a sudden, the changes in the world and the, the lawlessness and just the confusion in general. Do you have the same feeling? I do. I, I think the Holy Spirit is a catalyst sometimes. And I think we see both the things in the kingdom of God growing at an accelerated rate, and I also think we see the kingdom of darkness being expressed that way, too. Yeah. You know, in the midst of all of this, what is, would you say, the most positive thing, though, happening in the kingdom of God in the church today with all of this confusion? You know, there's always these surveys that say, oh, people aren't going to church, or there's more religious nuns, people don't believe anything anymore. But, you know, we'll talk about some things that are going wrong in the world in just a minute, but what would you say is some of the best things that's happening today in the church? Well, there's two big things I see. One is the truth is being told in the public square with a clarity that we haven't had for a long time. Mm. Prior to 2020, I trusted a lot of places that I now know were not trustworthy. And it's really God that pulled back the curtain and let us see that. So while it's unsettling and a bit uncomfortable, 
it's very helpful to know so that we can begin to align with things that truly are correct and truthful. The, the yeah. thing is, I see a hunger in the hearts of people that is unprecedented. It's, it's true. There's a group of people that have stepped back, but there's a significant group of people that have raised their hand and stepped forward, and they're willing to do difficult things for the sake of the kingdom of God. That will change our future. I think you're right about that. That's something that was super positive. All the pain and the suffering and different things that happened during the COVID, we got, you're, you're right, the curtain was brought back on what's happening in our school systems because parents got to go to school with their third graders and said, what is this you're teaching my kid? Um, and the truth will set you free. And we're living in a world where it's challenging, but the truth is something that is fantastic when you're living in that reality. It is. Until you know the truth, you can't make a course correction. And so God in his mercy pulled those curtains back, and it was a little bit shocking. It's like turning on the lights, and you see what's scurrying around on the floor. But now we can respond to it, and that's a very good place. I think that is a good place. And I think you're right, that it also allows for people to question what it is that they believe and tune their hearts, hopefully, to Jesus Christ. I like to say that Americans seem to understand that we need to be penitent, but we forgot what direction to kneel, and maybe we're remembering that now. That's a very good point, and I pray it's true. I think our future depends far more on the hearts of the people of God than it does on elections and political parties. Mm. And I think as long as we imagine that an election is going to fix us, we're idolatrous. And so I pray that we will do the hard work we can do so that God can do those things that only he can do. Yeah, whatever happens in our election, there isn't going to be some situation where Jesus looks down and says, what would you do down there? I'm so confused. Uh, He's in control, and what he wants to do uh, matters. Absolutely, it matters. And I even think, you know, it very much could be the end of the age, but it could just be the end of an empire. And if it is, that's because of the hearts of God's people. So again, I think we should feel empowered and understand our significance and not feel like we're victims. I think that is so great. And that's refreshing in the world today. And the the attitude, I think, that we should have that maybe this is God bringing things to the end and the different things that we see uh, in the scriptures and revelation and in other prophecies, but also maybe we're about to have a great revival, something the world hasn't seen for a long time. Absolutely. I'm asked frequently, you know, do I think these are the last days? And I usually answer the same way. I can guarantee you these are our last days. We better treat them that way. That's right. We're all going to meet Jesus uh, in the next, uh, depending on how old you are, 70 plus years. That's it. You know, give or take. Uh, a few. This is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Pastor Alan Jackson. He'll be one of our speakers at Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian, which is a conversation that will include uh, Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. You know, when we take a look at the world, one of the things I think that really drives people towards this idea that this is the very last days, uh, that maybe uh, this is the end, and people have always said this, but it's certainly in the news today, is what's happening in Israel. You know, how was your response when, when October 7th happened? I think that it also per- pulled the curtain back on a lot of views that people have, a lot of ways that people see the world, different worldviews that are out there. Yeah, I, I think when there's events like that, it, it tends to be polarizing. I was in Washington, D.C. last week at the Israeli embassy mm. to use some raw footage from October the 7th. Mm. It, was beyond unsettling, but maybe even more concerningly, I left there to go to the airport to come home, and the man at the airport asked me why I was there, and I told him, and he said, oh, I don't believe that really happened. Wow. It, it's, it's startling to, to see the degree to which we just isolate ourselves. So you were able to watch, there's a film that has been uh, going around, we've had it here in Los Angeles and other places, where you see the, 
the this is the same one with the raw footage that was taken by the Hamas terrorists because they're wearing GoPros and they recorded themselves in the acts that they did. So is that the one that you saw? Yeah, that was a portion of it. It was built from those GoPro cameras, security cams, and cell phones and mm-hmm. things that the IDF had put together. But it was basically that same. After five minutes, you had a sense of what it was about. Yeah. And the idea that people still deny that, you know, that this is something that people say, you know, it didn't happen or it's just freedom fighting or it's some other thing. That, you know, to me, one of the things that we're also seeing here, which I also think is good in a way, too, because we find out where people are, is we're finding out who's who. We're finding out what are the beliefs that people have so deeply. And it, it's come out in a profound way, a frightening way, I think, for many of us. But but we have to live in the reality of where people really are in what they understand about the world, and in particular, God and Israel and good and evil. Absolutely. You know, the hunting and the murder of the Jewish people is not a new thing. Mm. 15th century, they were expelled from Spain, or they were tortured and forced to convert. Uh, Russia, you know, with the pogroms and the annihilation of Jewish communities. We know what happened in Europe across World War II. Now it's unsettling to see that happening at our some of our most elite universities. So the, it's a spirit behind it. It's not about nations and cultures and governments. There's a spirit that hates the covenant people of God. And the, the hatred of the Jewish people, anti-Semitism, and the hatred of Christians, it's all fueled by the same spirit. It's the spirit of Antichrist. The I think that is something that people are, are seeing profoundly. So how do we respond to that as Christians in the church? And we take a look at the level of anti-Semitism that we're seeing. And there's anti-Semitism, you know, on the left and the right. But when you see it the way we've been seeing it in the universities and in so much of the intellectual elite and how there's been excuses for it or denials of it, we should be very alarmed, not only as American citizens, but even as Christians, we should be alert to the spiritual implications of all of that. You're absolutely correct, Scott. We, we have to be alert. You know, and some fundamentals help. The greatest persecutor of the Jewish people has been the Christian church. Now, I will say they're not true Christians, but you'll forgive the Jewish people if that nuance is lost on them. I mean, it's just a matter of history, whether it was Spain or Russia or Europe. You know, the Jewish people know that Hitler was a baptized Catholic, and I don't say that to indict the Catholics. I'm simply telling you as an outsider, they saw him as an expression of Christianity. So they're not shocked when they see those protests coming from Christian America or from places where at least started as Christian schools. Mm. It's an old problem, and the church needs to be aware. Uh, Much of our pride and arrogance has been vented on the Jewish people, and we need to repent and humble ourselves in that place. We're grafted into the covenant they have. You said it before that uh, many of the people who are doing this and who have done this uh, from the standpoint of Christianity and history probably weren't saved, right? They weren't doing it for a proper reason. Um, But the way the world is structured today, these schools being Christian in their history or, you know, Hitler ultimately rejected God altogether. He made himself God. I think a lot of people don't recognize that being baptized a certain way doesn't mean that's who you are throughout your life. At some point, you've got to... um, follow Christ or not, how do we better explain what a Christian is in a world that is sometimes just feeling like, well, you're a Christian because you were baptized into the church or because you go to church or because you have a Bible or because your grandmother's a Christian? How does the church better simply explain to the world what a Christian is? That's a $64,000 question, but I think it has to start in our own hearts and then in our own communities of faith. You know, Jesus said they'll know us by our love. But I, I, the simple answer is I think it's more about the fruit of our lives 
and a location where we sit on the weekend or the religious text that we read? What is the evidence that comes from the expression of our character as to which spirit is driving the choices of our lives? If we lead greedy, self-absorbed, immoral lives and sit in church on Sunday, I don't think we should imagine ourselves to be Christians. The uh, You mentioned uh, the history of Christianity and uh, Jewish people, but today we live in a time where Christians are, in many respects, the best ally of Jewish people throughout the world, especially where it comes to Israel and uh, supporting Israel's right to exist and a Jewish person's right to exist in a homeland. And that's a positive change uh, over time and something important, I think, for us as believers to do, would you say? Absolutely. Evangelical Christians in the last decade or so have stepped forward and extended a hand of friendship and support to the Jewish people that has really changed that landscape. That's even recognized in Israel today. I mean, there's some more traditional settings of the church. They've been much more reluctant and they've embraced some other views. But for the most part, evangelical Christianity in America has stepped forward with a pro-Jewish attitude, which I think is a wonderful thing. That is a good thing. My guest is Pastor Alan Jackson. This is the Pastor Scott Show. And Pastor Alan Jackson will be our speaker coming up on March 12th at our event called Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. We've called it in the past, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. And we changed the title this year. And I think because of what's happening in Israel and uh, just the world today, this will take a little bit of a different approach to this subject. And uh, so the Christian in this category will be Pastor Alan Jackson, and the Jewish person will be Dennis Prager, who is uh, on our sister station uh, right here and across the country. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. I think it's going to be very important, Alan, the the conversation that you and Dennis have. It's not a debate, but it is a conversation so that we can understand um, where Jewish people are coming from today and the situation in Israel and where, what the perspectives are of Christians and Jews today. I think it's a very important conversation, and I'm delighted to be a part of it. And I believe it'll bring some very good things forward. The, uh, when we think about this, why should a Christian, and this is something that hit me on October 7th especially, even questioning myself. And I thought, okay, I have a lot of biblical idea of Israel, and I've got the history of Israel from a biblical perspective. I went to seminary. I've done all of this. I, I know all of that. But then I realized modern-day Israel and the structure of government and the philosophy behind it, I had some knowledge of it, but I realized there's a whole lot I don't know. Why should Christians have an understanding of modern-day Israel today? Well, there's a couple of things. Modern-day Israel is a secular state. Any form of poor behavior you can find in any place in the United States, you can find in Israel. That's right. On the other hand, modern-day Israel is a wonderful declaration that God keeps his promises. For almost 2,000 years, from 70 A.D. until 1948, there was no Jewish homeland anywhere in the world. And yet the Scriptures told us God would regather the Jewish people. And in the most improbable of times, against there's just nothing like it in history, where a nation is born today and people come from more than 200 nations around the world. And we have witnessed that with our own eyes. So it is a, it's a declaration of the faithfulness of God that if he'll keep his promises to the Jewish people, he'll keep them to you and me. You know, I think that for Christians also, there is an opportunity here with what's in the news to just ask questions about why do we think Israel, why is Israel so important? There's other conflicts in the world. There's, you know, we have seen similar things to what Hamas did happen actually all the time in Middle East between uh, different uh, Muslim groups. And we are seeing even Christians attacked by Muslim, similar Muslim groups in Nigeria right now. Christians have been massacred. That doesn't make a lot of news. 
Uh, Armenian Christians have been attacked by Muslims in uh, Armenia and Azerbaijan just a few months ago. And yet the whole world and everybody's army is focused on what's happening in Israel. And that makes all the news, gets all the attention. Isn't that a incredible apologetic for the Christian faith and the truth of what's in the scriptures? It is. I also think it's an indictment of the lazy attitude of the Christian community. Mm. You know, the Israelis understand that if they don't defend themselves and stand up for one another, no matter what their differences, they will lose their freedom and liberty. I wish the Christian community would understand our responsibility to stand up for one another. The most persecuted religious group in the world today is the Christian community. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we yawn. We have to change. And that is uh, that's a, a correct indictment. I mean, how many of us even know what just happened in Nigeria? where Christians, just like you and me, were slaughtered uh, over Christmas uh, by a group that's there. And this, this happens all the time. Why do you think we, we don't pay attention to that? Why are brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering in this way, are we just too comfortable? Well, I think in America, that's where I spend most of my time, I think we imagine we're beyond it all. I don't think mm-hmm. we imagine it will ever come to us. But I, I feel confident that what we watched on October the 7th is a very probable part of our future here in America unless we make a dramatic change and we make it soon. I think that when you read, and I encourage all of our listeners to go ahead and read the Hamas Charter, Like, What do they say about themselves? When you read that, you recognize that you know, they explicitly don't want a two-state solution, right? And a lot of our politics about Israel, they reject wholehandedly. Just, they don't want that at all. They want Jews dead, no Israel, and then they want us dead, Christians dead. And anybody who doesn't believe the way they do, even other Muslims who don't agree with them, uh, they want to wipe out. And they just state that very openly. And it does, it concerns me greatly that we don't recognize that this is for real and that this is a real threat. We live in some sort of a fantasy world where an open border and tens of millions of people pouring across the border for more than 160 nations. Somehow we imagine that's not going to have an impact on our future, our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. Well, it really is. We can't afford. You know, we have this event coming up on the 12th, and this will be part of the discussion that you and Dennis Prager are going to have. It's at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch, March 12th. It's called Ask a Christian, Ask a Jew. And our Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is what it's called. You can sign up by going to kkla.com and clicking on the banner right there for Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. And Tuesday, March 12th, 7 p.m. is when it begins. There's a VIP reception, and at the VIP reception, people will get to meet Dennis Prager, and they'll get to meet you at that. And so we look forward to that. What are you looking forward to the most of this conversation that you're going to have with Dennis Prager? I think any time we can have an open discussion in public about issues that too often bring division, there's an opportunity for some real healing. Mm. And so that's my prayer, that through the dialogue and the conversation, it will bring some healing to the audience and ultimately in a much broader way. I think that you're right. It's going to be something I think that'll be educational. It'll be informative, but it's also going to be a lot of fun, right? This is a, an, there's an entertainment value uh, to having you guys up on the stage and Pastor Dudley will be moderating. And it's it's not there to be a show. It's there to inform and edify and uh, heal, like you said. But it's also going to be a great event for anybody, even if you're not Jewish or you're not a Christian, if you're a Jew or a Gentile, this is a great event for anybody to come to who just wants to learn more about the world. Final words here. Yeah, I think everybody's welcome. If you're a Jew or Gentile, nobody's left out. So yeah, that's right. And I look forward to a good laugh. So I believe it will be a good time. We're going to have a great time. Well, Pastor Alan Jackson, thank you for being with me today on the Pastor Scott Show. Really appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing you here next month. 
Thank you, Scott. Thanks for all your good work. Thank you very much. Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. We're calling it this year with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. This uh, special Jewish-Christian dialogue will be moderated by Pastor Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church. It is in Porter Ranch. Porter Ranch is in the San Fernando Valley, and it's easy to get to from any freeway in Southern California. I invite everybody to go. Go to kkla.com now. Click on the banner and get your tickets before they sell out. This is a very popular event, and I look forward to seeing you there. I'll be there, and uh, I'll be introducing everybody and hosting people, so it's going to be great to be there with you. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. New details about that deadly shooting at Pastor Joel Osteen's megachurch in Houston. A law enforcement source telling CNN that the woman who opened fire she used an AR-15 rifle that had the words Free Palestine written on it. She also had a small child with her when she entered that church on Sunday afternoon. Now, police are saying that two off-duty officers engaged with the woman and killed her. The child was critically injured in that gunfire. Welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. That was a report today about the uh, church shooting at uh, Houston's Lakewood Church. That's where Joel Osteen is the pastor. You're probably familiar with him. Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So that was a story Sunday afternoon. Uh, they have a Spanish-speaking service. That's the biggest church in the country. Osteen's controversial pastor. I understand that. There's a lot of stuff that goes on at that church, though, and uh, people have you know, lots of different, uh, when you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in one place, you're going to have a lot of different direction. Anyway, somebody came in in the afternoon Spanish speaking service, uh, prepared to shoot and, uh, presumably even to uh, blow up a bomb was the idea. Yeah. Search warrant documents that were filed this morning in Montgomery County, which is just North of Houston, identify, uh, the shooter here at the Lakewood church as 36 year old Genesee Yvonne Moreno. It could also be pronounced uh, Janesse. Not exactly uh, sure on the pronunciation, uh, but according to these court documents, uh, the uh, the woman was shot by two uh, off-duty officers working security here at the church after she had pointed their weapon at them. The document says that the officers fired in self-defense. The, the documents also uh, detail uh, some new information that we have not heard yet, which includes that she had arrived here, as we've reported, with this, uh, this child, but was also carrying a yellow rope that was consistent with a detonation device for ex- uh, a detonation cord for an explosive device, as well as substances that is also consistent with explosive devices, and also said that she had a bomb. Now, uh, investigators here have said they have not found any evidence that that is the case, but that is one of the reasons why investigators went to her home in the city of Conroe, which is about 40 miles north of Houston, and have been searching that home overnight. And we're learning more more details about that. Investigators say they are looking for any kind of uh, information that might uh, point and explain uh, what exactly she was doing or, or, or if she was really in, intending on creating some sort of explosive device. All right, so there's a lot going on with that story. And, you know, I think that if you're a church-going person, you worry about this happening at your church at some point. And as a pastor for 25 years, you you have thoughts. And I'll tell you what, there's some crazy stuff that's gone on at different times. How, you know, one of the things I want to say, though, is that the odds of this happening to you at your church are very, very low. 
uh, very, very low. And if these things kind of scare you to the point of, I'm just not going to go to church or something, you know, don't do that. Instead, be diligent about church. And, you know, I assure you that in almost every case, probably your pastor and people who are your your elders or your leaders, however you work that at your church, they are thinking about these things. <clears throat> and, you know, if they're not, maybe you can help. Um, and you know, usually when there's somebody who comes and they're up to no good, you notice them right away. This is a really big church, and uh, you're going to discover that uh, in a lot of big churches, especially where there's a budget for different things, there probably are paid security, and they are probably armed. Did you know that? Does that bother you? Uh, I had people armed for a while. They were not paid. And, uh, you know, I said, my most important thing is don't shoot each other, you know, figure this out. And sometimes you get off-duty police officers who take that upon themselves, and you do want to know about it, but you can hire them. And we looked at that one time. You can hire plainclothes people, and you can hire uniformed people. We had that discussion for a while, and one of the, you know, most places don't hire officers in uniform at a church because you want people who are maybe in trouble. Maybe they have some legal problems or maybe they're running from the law or they got a warrant or something. If they see a cop standing out there, they may not come to church and you want them to come to church, right? That's a good thing for them to be doing, to be looking at that in their life. Are you? Do you feel safe at church? Is this something that you worry about? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And I want to encourage you that you're safe, but uh, also to encourage you that we live in dangerous times. Anywhere you go, there's the possibility of something going on. All right, so anyway, this happened in uh, this church in Houston at uh, Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church, and the authorities are investigating it. And uh, it's a scary, a scary subject, as uh, you can continue hearing here in the report. Inside this church, it was uh, terrifying moments just before two o'clock yesterday afternoon, Alex, moments before the Spanish language service of the Lakewood uh, church services was supposed to begin when this woman arrived here. We do not know if the child that was with her belongs to, if, if she is the mother of, of the child or who exactly this child might be. We are told that that young child is in critical condition and that there was also another gentleman who was wounded in all of this. He's expected to, to survive as well. There is some updated information on this. And, you know, if you were there and you witnessed that or you've maybe many of you have witnessed shootings or other things like that, just in wherever you are, it's not something you're ever going to forget. Right. It's going to be something right there. And thankfully, there were people there who took care of it before it became a bigger deal. So in the, a uh, report later this afternoon. Uh, the person's name is Genesee Moreno. There's some question about whether or not the person is female or male. Apparently, uh, this person used both pronouns like you do, male and female pronoun, whether or not they're trans or not trans or, you know, those kinds of things it depends on, you know, who you're, who you're looking at. But apparently there's something that to, to that. However, the child, it sounds like the police believe that the child belonged to this person. So uh, her name, Genesee Moreno is what she goes by. She came in with her seven-year-old son, according to the Washington Post, just before the start of the Spanish language service and uh, started shooting, set off a panic, as that would do. Um, and the officers, who are plainclothes officers, uh, off-duty officers, no doubt hired by the church, um, shot her back. And uh, the child was also shot in the head, according to the Washington Post, which is just terrible. He's seven years old. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, he doesn't get whatever's happening here. Uh, they searched her home and uh, they found what they said is, quote, some anti-Semitic writings, apparently. And they're delving into that. 
That's what they said. Uh, Nothing has been released at this point on that. And what they believe is that it was a family dispute that has taken place through her ex-husband and her ex-husband's family who are Jewish. And so they were probably at that service uh, is the idea of where it is now. That story can change, you know, over time. And, you know, a lot of different things come out that are true or not true. And the child's hospitalized in critical condition, fighting for his life, actually. So that is a very sad story there, whatever the case is with uh, her parents. And uh, the chief said it wasn't clear why this person targeted that particular church or if they had any actual connection to that church. It could be just any place of worship. That person, you know, they're saying clearly mentally ill. Um, or it could have been that family was there and it was deliberate like that. Anyway, that is, uh, you know, one of those things I think that, you know, it's happening more and more often and it hits, it hits the news. And especially if it's at a big place like that, uh, it hits the news. Does it bother you? Does this, does any of this keep you from going out or living your life? How has it changed your life, the idea that maybe there's more potential violence out there? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. I feel like we need to face our fears when it comes to this kind of thing, but at the same time, be wise, right? There are places that you don't want to go at night. There are places in the world where there is violence. Um, I used to work for a big company. It was called SAIC, and I usually don't mention the name of it. Those are just its initials, but I was in there for a while. I was in their government and media relations department, and part of my job was I had to send out these packets to people who traveled. It used to be a huge company. I think it still is, but they broke up into many companies since the time I worked there, probably because I left. They couldn't handle it. I'm just kidding. Uh, They were a monster company huge, huge company. About half of what they used to do was government contract and the other half was just like high science. I think they're the ones who developed the fast track thing. It's all the carpool lanes and the toll roads. I think they're the ones who developed that technology that you just drive through and it photographs your driver's li- your your car dri- uh, license plate number and then you get a bill. Or you're supposed to call in. Did you know that? If you drive through one of those, there's signs, you know, it says make sure you log onto this website. Uh, you better do that because they took a picture of your license plate and they know where you live and who you are or at least what car who owns the car and they're going to get a bill there's an app and everything for that anyway they designed all of that right outside my window there was they were testing it and all day long there was this track of cars just driving underneath this thing i mean they drive for hours crazy anyway at uh that company um you realize that I forgot where I was going with all of that. Sometimes you ever notice I do that? Uh, some people have noticed that sometimes I, where was I going with that? Wilbur, do you remember where in the world I was going? Sometimes I, I just leave the, I leave to, I take an off ramp and I don't get back on. Anyway, uh, I worked for that big company and I have no idea why I was talking with you. It's been a long weekend. We had the Super Bowl and we had other stuff going on. Anyway, back to, uh, back to the church thing. I don't want you to feel like you have to live in fear. You have to get out there, and that's really where I was headed with things. You you can't take those things and say, well, I'm just not going to go out. Uh, but you can have due diligence. You know, when somebody arrives at your church and they they don't look like, you know, they belong or something, just go say hello to them. Assume that they're visiting. Maybe it's great that they showed up. We had a guy show up one time with uh, a duffel bag and he was wearing camouflage and everything. And thankfully a lot of people went up to him and he did, uh, have something, uh, probably not for our church, but just generally in life, 
he wasn't doing well, and uh, some people were able to talk with him and help him outside the service. And uh, one time I had people, I was given a sermon, and I look out the window. I used to be able to see right out the window, and there were a bunch of police out there, and it was time to end the service. And I said, I don't have any idea what's going on outside, but the police are here, and uh, so we're going to end the service while praying for whatever's going on out there. And it was a disturbed person. You know, a lot of times people will just show up and they're distraught about something. And, you know, in today's world where we have so much mental health problems and we have so many uh, difficulties with substance abuse and family problems and other things, one thing I think that is the purpose for the church is to realize that sometimes those people are going to show up where you are and there is a way to minister. And almost all of the time, 99.99% of the time, they're not going to have anything violent they're going to do. They're not going to do anything to harm anybody. They need help, and the church is a good place to go for it. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, we were talking about the idea of being fearful and letting that you know change your life. And my encouragement is don't let it change your life. We live in such a – other than you should be you know wise with what it is that you do. You know, we often don't like to hear about potentially bad things happen, right? That's why nobody pays attention to the safety lecture on the airplane, right? Like you do like your very first time on an airplane. You pay attention to everything that they're telling you about buckling your seatbelt and about what to do in case of a water landing, which means crash into the ocean. But they don't say that. And, you know, there are so many different things. You pay attention at first because you're new. But if you fly a lot, when was the last time you really paid attention? Sometimes they have the video and it's all, you know, fancy just to try to get you to pay attention. Because if you ever find yourself in that situation, you need to know what to do. And if you don't, then it causes problems for more people, right? You just get in the way and it's it slows down the process of saving lives or protecting people. So we all ought to do it, even though, uh, you know, and, and sometimes we approach the Bible like this, don't we? And what I mean is this. We approach the Bible often like the safety lecture on an airplane, especially if you've been in church for a while. You hear the sermon or you hear something that somebody says, and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Trust Jesus. I got it. I got it. I got it. But you know, when the hard times come, when the tragedies come, when the situation happens in our lives that we don't know how to handle all of a sudden, when fear takes over, it's incredible to see how poorly we respond from time to time. You know, sometimes we learn we don't really trust God at all when something in our life doesn't go the wrong right way or we experience something that's bad and we blame people, we blame the government, we blame the church, we blame our mom, we blame our dad, we blame our sister, we blame whoever it is. And people will run from God into addictions and dangerous behaviors, defensiveness, gossip, slander. We can really tear each other apart. We learned a lot about that in the last few years, even as a society, right? In the COVID era, we learned so much. But one of the things we learned is that we are a fearful society. And there's a lot to actually fear today, right? In different ways, but in the same way, it's kind of always been there. 
you know, viruses. There's always been things out there that'll kill you. You've probably heard of the plague and the Black Death and things like that. There have been a lot worse than anything that we're dealing with today. And we are worried about war with uh, Russia. Well, we've been worried about that for 100 years. We've been worried about war with China or war with the Middle East. We've been worried about that for a long time. Inflation, this is, it's bad, and we don't like it, but it's part of it. Division, we've had that before, and it's its not something that takes us to a good place, but we have gotten better. Crime has gone up and down over time. Uh, there have been good politicians and terrible politicians and eras where there's good ones and eras where there's bad ones. So what do you do? You know, How do you respond to anxiety that you might have when there is actually something to be concerned about? Right? It's one thing if you're just paranoid. Right? It's one thing if you just struggle with anxiety about things that never happen. Most of the things that we worry about have never happened, right? Most of the conversations that we're worried about having with somebody, most of the situations that we're worried about going through, most of the time that never happens, never even close. But there are things that do happen. You know, how do you deal with that, the fear in our life over things that might be legitimately worth being uh, concerned about? Uh, somebody once said, just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean that people aren't out to get you. I kind of like that one. Um, you know, maybe it's death. What if it's, um, what if I don't get married? What if I go broke? What if I don't graduate? What if I can't retire? Do you have any of those fears in your life? You probably have concerns there. You know, fear is one of the things that when we ask those questions, sometimes it leads us to make bad decisions or to not take an opportunity that would really help or to just stay away from places where we really ought to go, including church. So you hear about church shooting in the news, and it happened in Texas, and it happened at some big church. And almost all the time, by the way, those things are personal, meaning it's not an attack on the church. It's it's a family dispute, right? And that happens in a lot of these things when they happen. You know, but a good question to ask is when you ask what if— what if the bad thing happens to me? Or what if something happens that I just wish didn't happen? You know, what if I don't get married? You know, uh, well, then the question is, if you're younger, people ask that question, you know, well, you got to ask yourself, well, what do I believe about God ultimately? Because for many, we say, well, if I'm not getting married, I'll lower my standards and I'll marry somebody that I know God doesn't want me to marry because I'm afraid I won't get married otherwise. But then you can marry the wrong person. What if I go broke? Well, instead of wisely working hard and trusting God, staying generous, sometimes we stop being generous or we go into debt, usually for things we don't actually need. Sometimes we're in debt because of medical bills or other things that uh, happen. But sometimes we make choices and we just crater our lives because of fear, fear of death and sickness. And instead of running to God for prayer and comfort and realizing that we have eternal life with Jesus, if you believe in him, um, you know, whenever we choose to fight that disease. We got to keep our trust in the Lord because sometimes we run to bad doctors or superstition or even phony faith healers. And uh, there are some phonies out there. Okay. You know, every bad decision that most of us make in our life, it's probably been driven by fearfulness of some kind, right? Something that we just didn't have the courage to face in a biblical way. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. Number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want to encourage you to have courage in the in light of the times that we live in, in light of the uncertainty on the news. I mean, think about it. Just if you're watching the news, you're reading the news today, what, there's uncertainty about the president. There's uncertainty about the uh, presidential race on all sides. There's uncertainty about 
our relationship with Israel, with the Middle East, with Ukraine, with Russia, with China. There's uncertainty about the economy and inflation, uncertainty about the border, uncertainty about drugs, uncertainty about so many things. And in some way, we have certainty. It's certainly bad, the direction that we're headed, right? Um, But I want to encourage you to have the courage to trust God for your future, and obeying God, even though it might scare you, it might even temporarily cost you something. Because something that we see throughout the scriptures is that when people are fearful, the ones who are victorious later are the ones who turn to God, are the ones who say, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to go where you asked me to go, even though it may not make sense to me, even though it concerns me. And sometimes people mess up. You know, Jonah Great story of Jonah, by the way. Jonah uh, is asked to go share God's word with the Ninevites. The Ninevites were terrible people, and they were going to kill you, probably. That that was probably what he was called into doing. Ninevites, if you look through history, they they championed and they were became experts on how to skin people alive. Okay, that's the group of people. You can understand why Jonah said, "I'm going to look at a map and I'm going to find." the farthest place away that I can go so I don't have to do that, which is what he tried to do. And then there's the whole story with the boat and the storm and the fish and, you know, and uh, the fish coughs him up and he says, all right. And, you know, the interesting thing about that story is that God didn't say, you know what, Jonah, because you were fearful and you ran, you're just a loser and I'm going to get somebody else to do it. Uh, Instead, he said, now I want you still to go there and I want you to trust me. And he did. Now, Jonah was successful at giving the message, and they didn't skin him alive. Now, Jonah had other problems. He was irritated that those people repented because he didn't like them very much. whole other part of that story, actually a really big part of the story, that if you read through the book of Jonah. But, you know, it is the courage to do what you are asked to do when you are Abraham and you're asked to leave town and go do this, when you are the apostles and you are called to go out in a world of persecution and deal with that. This has always been the call of Christianity. And I'll tell you what, the church has always done better in relating to the world when we are not afraid to go into difficult places, when we are not afraid to go in and serve people who are sick, when we are not afraid to go in and serve people maybe who are suffering in a community or a country where there is great violence or things to be afraid of, when we are able to stand up in a courageous way to untruth The church does really well in its message when we care for people that way. And you can do that. Whatever your situation is, whatever you might be afraid of, you can do that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, sir, Pastor Scott, Ted, City of the Angels. Um, I just wanted to comment on the tragedy and terrible that, you know, some people had to die in a church, um, but uh, in the same breath, um, you know, it does talk about war in the Bible as well as peace, love, joy, and grieving. And so there's a time where it's not murder, that we have to do the right thing. And I also want to commend uh, the Israelis for basically uh, not listening to the Biden administration and to continue to go after these barbaric people, what they did to this. Well, they've got to do what they've got to do over there. And, you know, the thing is in the church is that, and this is what I'd want to know about, uh, we're talking about, uh, Lakewood Church in in uh, Texas, uh, it's Houston area, uh, where a shooting was. You know, there's courage from the the officers who were there, who are probably paid security, 
who did shoot the shooter and stopped anyone else from from getting killed. I think one other guy was hit, and the child that she brought, which is her own child, apparently has been hit. But they had courage in doing that. And what I would say to people who are at that church is have courage and make sure you go back to church next Sunday. Right? Don't let it scare you from, from church. And then anywhere else in the country you hear stories like this, don't let it scare you. Just keep doing what you're doing. You might just need to be more vigilant, you, meaning I hate, in a way people are, be vigilant. Well, what does that mean? It just means pay attention and pay attention to people because often we prevent bad things from happening just because we're caring to other people. Ted, thanks for, yes. thanks for your call, Pastor Scott Show, uh, caring for other people. And that is a really big, big deal. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. And as we come back in the next hour, did you watch Super Bowl? And uh, what'd you think? We'll talk about some Super Bowl stuff when we come back, including some of the players and the comments that they had afterward, and also some of the ads. You know, there is uh, one of the Christian ads on there is getting a lot of feedback, pro and con, and kind of from all sides. And I'd like to know what you thought of the He Gets Us ads and uh, maybe some of the other ones. And uh, we'll have some fun with that conversation as well. I hope you had a good time with the game. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us live on our live stream at kkla.com. You can also follow us right now on Instagram and uh, TikTok and uh, Twitter or X and Facebook. Just look for us at Pastor Scott Show. Follow us at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. 